0: With Ryan Reese, this is live with Ryan Reese. Call now 1-88-564-6173. or post your questions using the hashtag Reese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook.
1: That is a good question, Melinda. <laughs> I was just trying to look at my calendar right now to find out, but I think it's in November. It's in November. We're going to be going to Seattle. Here it is. I just found it. So we'll be up in Seattle from November eleventh. To the 19th, basically what we're going to be doing is we're going up to Wayne Taylor's Church, Calvary Chapel, Seattle, and we're going to be touring public high schools in Seattle. And it's a lot of atheism up there and a lot of all kinds of stuff, liberal stuff. Heck yeah. Yeah. So it's going down. I'm excited. So the doors are wide open with the high schools. We're going to hit the church and do a wake up message out there as well. And then the Kildenoise the tour. And like I always tell you guys every week, we are the whosoever's movement. We do tour public high schools year round. Schools starting, I think, like any pretty much in a couple weeks now or something like that. Uh, talk or, about Monday. Yeah. Well, some, oh, really? some schools yeah. are
2: already in. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: Schools in business, even more so. Join us. Pray for us. If you guys want to donate to the cause, I want to hit 60 schools this year. Yep. We hit 20, like. Every year, we we step it up a couple more. Last year, I think we hit 23. I want to triple it this year. That'd be that How would be amazing. How sick would that be? Yeah. I did the numbers. Just say we hit minimum. Who has a calculator out? Do I need to pull it out really I know quick? I got
3: a calculator. What do you need to know? All right, here we go. Give me the info.
1: I think I already have the number here because okay. it was an old calculation, but <laughs> let's look it up. So okay. say we hit say we hit 60 schools. Okay. Let's just say minimum 500 people show up. Okay. What is that?
3: That is thirty thousand. That's thirty thousand kids,
1: kids minimum. Yep. That would we'll be hearing, yeah, non-Christian kids that would be in front of,
3: yeah, hearing the gospel,
1: dude. That
3: would hearing be hearing the insane. message of hope.
2: And this is an amazing vision because, like, with our schools, I mean, that's our that's the future. The young people, um, and the the Kill the Noise tour, we have seen it have so much momentum. Like Ryan was saying, the year before, than this last year was able to almost double it. And now the heartbeat of maybe even going 60. Now you're going to different states now. Well, yeah. dude, just, just in Seattle, we're going to hit five.
1: Well, first of all, we're going to hit five schools just in one week. That's Normally insane. we hit a school every other a week, week. Or a week or a school a week. Yeah, Five schools in one week. Oh, and then we're going to Visalia. Oh, that's, yeah. that's coming up, actually, I think the month before that. And we're hitting five schools in five days.
2: Guys, the vision and you can drive on that one The yeah, vision yeah. <laughs> for this is an amazing vision, and there's multiple ways that you can get involved. Number one, you you pray for it. Uh, follow. Maybe you you are part of a school. You want to bring uh, the whosoever's out. You can go to whosoever's at info, uh, email. Go to the whosoever's com for more information. But another thing, um, be able to fund these events. You can donate. You can donate monthly uh, for the um, for to the whosoever's. Just like anything else, that we donate the things all over the place you donate the starbucks you donate to in and out or whatever you like the that brings (laughs) you satisfaction just
1: as low as ten
2: (laughs) dollars you know so it's an amazing way for you to get behind something that's able to change people's lives so we encourage you guys we did our
1: numbers well here two things i also forgot that we're actually going to ray bentley's church Oh, that's right. We're also going to be doing in San Diego. Mm -hmm. We're doing uh, a mess. That's coming up. We're doing a message at his church, the wake up message there. Then we're going to come back, and they're lining up five schools. But I think they have access to twenty schools. Wow! So we're gonna the first week we're gonna hit five. That's fifteen schools already. That's twenty five hundred kids in one week. We're giving you guys a low number, right? Twenty five hundred kids. We just might do yeah, sixty schools. We'd triple. So if we we yeah, exactly. That would be insane. Think and about last... it,
3: in three weeks, you're going to almost hit your quota for last year. If you do 15 schools, you did 20, right? I want to
1: do 120. Give <laughs> <laughs> me yeah, 120. You better raise it. It's low now. <laughs> no, but you guys, this is, this is all going to lead into our uh, conversation for tonight. Um, the theme is going to be called Discovering the Will of God. You know, um, this high school tour is important. Uh, our mission is the Great Commission. This is why I'm doing the wake-up message. This is the, the command that Jesus gave us. He said to go out to the world and make disciples. And then he goes on to say, baptize them the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and then teach them to obey my commandments. Our whole mission here on earth, we're pilgrims here on earth, is our mission is the Great Commission to reach the world or reach the lost at any cost. And you know the one question that, that rings with a lot of people and I think it's even with believers, non-believers, and it's a it's a question that pops up throughout your whole life. It's called discovering the will of God, right. um, because there's different chapters in all of our lives, and what we're all us three are going to talk about this tonight. That there's different chapters in our life, and you have to keep reanalyzing your life, doing inventory, going, "Am I in the will of God?" Because you could be the senior pastor of a church, right, yeah. of a mega church, if you want, say twenty thousand people. And it might be God's will that you actually step down and go do some street ministry just like uh, – I was going to say Jackie Chen. Uh, <laughs> what's his name? Francis Chen. Right. Uh, I don't know much about him, uh-huh. but I do know he was a part of this church that was a thriving church in Northern California. And for whatever reason, God told him to – I seen him speak one time at a, at a conference in Miami – he stepped down, left his thriving church, and now he's in the streets in the Tenderloin district, which is the sketchiest area, probably in all of America, in San Francisco. And God, yeah. because that was God's will, right? At is, that,
2: huh? Uh, go keep going.
1: That was God's will for him at that time. And then I was with one of my friends the other day. He manages an enormous uh, pop band right now that's actually exploding mainstream all over MTV Awards. Got, got four MTV Awards last last year and now they're performing at the new VMAs this year he's a, he's working with uh, the biggest band uh big pop band and we sat down for lunch yesterday and he was basically asking me i just want to know god's will for my life and as i'm sitting there i'm like looking at him like <laughs> i wish i had that answer right? for you <laughs> cuz that would be the easy fix hey man this is what you need to do but we have to discover god's will in our own personal life so what i i just went on to kind of started telling him that you will know when you're in God's will because you will have peace in your life, number one. And uh, you'll know that you'll have, you'll have peace in your life. And you'll um, – what are some of I'm trying to remember that conversation. There was, it was like a two-hour conversation. But uh, basically I was just telling that you'll have peace in your life. And you have to – to find God's will is you have to go after it. You have to read. You have to pray. You know, when you read the word of God, that's like God's voice speaking back to you. Right. Through his word. And you can't just say, I want to know God's will. And if you're not seeking him, then you aren't going to find him. It's just seeking you will find, knocking the door will be open. We have to draw near to God and he will draw near to us to find out his will. And we have to step out by faith. Sometimes, you know, walking by faith is by doing, walking by uh, what you don't see in front of you. Right. So there's all these different things. And he's in a comfortable position because he believes his band's going to be, you know, ma- ginormous next year. But then he feels like God's calling him
2: out of there. So yeah. it doesn't
1: make Sense on you know, paper,
2: you you brought up that the Francis Chan, and it's like a lot recently, a lot last year or a couple of years. You know, there have been some guys that are in amazing positions, you know, mm-hmm. as, as a pastor being able to do a lot of things, but you can't deny when God starts leading you a different direction. David Guzik here in Southern California, amazing uh, Bible teacher, people love his, his teaching. Um, Blue Letter Bible, all of his outlines are there. And a lot of people have gained a lot of um, understanding and simplicity of uh, from his teachings. Um, but he felt, even though he was the senior pastor and I believe in Santa Barbara, he felt the Lord was leading him. To be able to go guest speak other places, build on you know, continue writing books and do different things, and he actually turned over the church for uh, another pastor to lead the church. He still a pastor there, Santa Barbara. Yeah, Santa Barbara. Santa Barbara. But I mean, that's a that's a that's a big thing, you know. That, that's I just being, heard about that. That's being sensitive yep. to the will of God, and I know. Hopefully, in a few weeks, months or so, we'll have your dad here because as we're talking about this, I think about. How his ministry was thriving in Calvary Chapel, West Covina, but he just knew one day, like he had to move because he didn't have peace any longer being there, even though everything was lined up going fine. Right. They said they had four services yeah. on Sunday morning
1: and two Sunday night services. Yep, yep. That <laughs> and then
3: Wednesday when they night. decided.
1: Huh? And then Wednesday. And then Wednesday, and Wednesday, night. And then Wednesday yeah. they probably had two services or something. Yeah. I don't know.
2: It was going off. And they off. were bursting at the seams yeah. everywhere. I
3: remember having to get there, like, at least, if it started at, you know, six, you had to get there at least by five.
2: Two hours they had to get to church. Yeah. They, that's what they and said. And they said knew they would, would lose would... people if they left, too, to Diamond Bar. Exactly. That's far from yeah. Moscovina. Everyone, I don't want to get ahead of the game, because we got to have your dad <laughs> tell this okay. story. Okay, yeah. Hey, but
1: don't tell me story. story. But,
2: but I will say this. People told him... All churches die in diamond bar. Don't do it. Yeah. And yet God is in an amazing Exactly. Work. Even, so, like, Yeah. Actually, we're going to hold the story. Today. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, this is an amazing thing because that's what we're talking about today. You as you're you were meeting up with your friend recently. Like, what's God's will for my life? This is one of the most commonly asked question. Like in the world, people that don't know the Lord. It's what's my purpose in life. Right. Why am I here? You know, because you can go through your routine, your eight to five, your job, you know, being in the freeway and all the different things that you go through in life. But you do have those moments. You're like, my life has to be more valuable than just the mundane things. What is it? What is my sweet spot? Where am I supposed to be? And when you come to the Lord, it's amplified even more. It's like, all right, you spared my life all Mm -hmm. these years from a lifestyle that was nuts. And you saved me. You pulled me out of darkness. So, Lord, what do you want to do with my life? And even if you're that person that's,
1: like, sober and, you know, has a good career. Yeah. And uh, you just wake up every morning, get in your car, go to work, come back. But you're not filling yourself with, like, tons of, like, pleasure, like, you know, doing all these trips. And you're just kind of, like, going through the routine every day. I think that's when that void comes in. Because I think that what Satan does is he likes to keep us preoccupied. Mm-hmm. In the old days, you know, they had to worship the God of Moloch or Asher. You know, they got a pleasure and, and got a mammon, you know, to, to to fill that that void going after that stuff. But um, if you're just like, just say an average Joe Schmo, you're just kind of going, clocking in, clocking out of work. And you have to think going, what is there to life? Like, what, what am I even doing here? Right, because I mean, you you have that's where the void comes in. But I think because a lot of us, like you and I, we got into like girls and drinks, and so you 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 feel that empty void with like uh, being wasted, right. right? You know what I'm saying? So you're basically turn your brain off to not think about those things. But you, on the other hand, Melinda, you weren't in you weren't you weren't into that stuff. So you were going through life sober minded. Were, were, were you Were you doing like a bunch of drugs? <laughs> yeah, you were. Yeah, <laughs> big time.
3: Well, I don't well, know. Well, I guess
1: you found God when you were young. Yeah,
3: I found him when I was obviously younger, but you know. So
1: you were that's what you were involved with, too. Yeah. Can we get a Joe Schmo in here? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. just, here? That's just going through Hey, life. Bjorn, get in here. <laughs> now, Bjorn, you're nine years old. Tell me about life. <laughs> Do you have an empty void?
3: <laughs> but seriously, but, it's, yeah. but anyone who has a void, mm. they fill it with something. It might not be drugs. It might not be alcohol. It might not be women, but they're filling it with something because that void has to be filled somehow. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, what may be success? It yeah. may be money. You know what I'm saying? It, whatever it may be, may be material things that are not necessarily considered. Terrible. I mean, is that really a sin to be successful? No, is it a sin just to, have... to the
1: whosoever's? Yeah, exactly.
3: <laughs> is it a sin to have money? Is it a sin to have material things like those? Are not necessarily a sin where you look at them and go, Oh, you need to change your life no tonight, you know no. what I'm saying? And so, that their void is being filled somehow, some way, by something. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of recognizing
1: that's what you're doing. But I just think, like, I meaning if you have all this money, yeah. you have this big house. You get the, you get the, you know, you have your Learjet or whatever, but just like anything new, you, you're excited for like a week and then you're like, exactly, whatever, how many cars can you, how many Bentleys can you buy? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mayweather bought like 10. Right.
2: <laughs> right. Uh, and that's Solomon's whole thing. That's <laughs> yeah. what Solomon said. Yeah. Solomon said the same thing. He had everything, but still there was a void. There, there was a, he called it vanity of vanities. Like, I don't get it. There's still, some, there's still something lacking if I, if. God's not the center of my life and I have and he was a great architect, He was a great uh, poet. He had all the, all the women in the world. Mm-hmm. He had big parties, like he was the man. people came from all over the place just to hear him speak. And yet he said, but what in reality do I have more than a poor man? We both go to the grave, like what's the purpose of life? Right. And it's a great question to ask. and really, I truly f- feel that it is found when you come to the place where you bro- where you're broken. You submit your will to God's will, and he will start directing your steps. Mm-hmm. For all of us, it's different. I, re- I remember sitting in, in church, coming from the lifestyle that I did, but just listening to the word of God for my first time in my life and starting to read the Bible, you know, not at church, but just at home and stuff, and then coming and coming with a heart of expectancy. And I remember sitting there in a congregation at, at uh, Golden Springs, you know, 2,000 people in the sanctuary when your dad's speaking. And this is just hitting my heart so much. I remember having this thought in my mind, like, if everybody be- believes what is being taught, like, we could impact so many people's lives. Right. Do you know, like, I-, I-, I needed to hear this. So like, I have friends that need to hear what I'm learning right now. And then it was like, what am I supposed to do? Right. W- what is the purpose for my life? You know, and the Lord would stir and show me things in my own personal life that would start my road down a journey of faith of being used by God.
1: Right. But God speaks through His Word; He
2: gives those directions. Like
1: I felt even like today, I was just sitting there reading my Bible because, got like right now I'm in this, this 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 place where I'm trying to find God's will for me in this next chapter. Mm-hmm. And I've been going through through uh, Chuck Smith through the Old Testament, just with Jer- like I'm in Jeremiah right now. But like God just say, hold. Get, read the Bible, because I could get on like a Bible marathon, like a Bible study marathon, mm-hmm. and not read the Bible and just like trying to hammer through like right. six hours of Bible studies a day, right. just just to burn through it. Right. But I feel like God just goes, stop. Get your Bible and just start reading from the from Matthew and just go all the way through. Okay. And then as you read stuff, it's like you read that. Like I read that one chapter today when Jesus was talking about you know how Jesus went from town to town preaching and teaching, casting out demons, healing healing every sickness. And then he went on to say, you know, he gave the, the he said, the he saw the sheep that looked like sheep without a shepherd. And mm-hmm. then it was in Matthew. And then he says, uh, you know, uh, the harvest is ripe, the workers are few. Who will I send? Mm-hmm. And I felt like God was like, he spoke to me to reconfirm that I was supposed to do that wake up tour and I was supposed to be touring around speaking because I was like, because I'm like, okay, God, like I'm speaking at shine. But is it, you, know, you know, I've been, yeah, I've been asking you, like, right. I, I don't know, like, is this exactly what God wants me to do in my life? Mm-hmm. To be in God's will. just like what we're talking about. Right. Yeah. And then like he, he speaks through his word. And that's what's important is like what you were saying about the word of God. If you want to hear God's direction, hear his voice, it's the word of God. Or you, you, know, you could even vouch for this too. You could be listening to Bible studies and you could be hearing like someone teaching in this Bible study. And it feels like you're the only one in the room with God. Like God's like speaking to you yeah. through this guy. And you're like, oh my gosh, that's crazy. Like yeah. that's how he speaks. That's how you get the direction. Right. But people want the quick fix in their life. Right. They want to go to a pastor or someone that they think is like more spiritual than them or whatever and say, so how do I know God's will? Right.
3: Right. I think like, for instance, like I think you guys, um, you know, when you guys came to the Lord, it's like you guys found your will, you know, God's will for your life pretty easily, Mm -hmm. I would say. You know what I'm saying? Like he had this plan. And it was for that time and right there. But like when I came to know the Lord, I mean, I was young. And so like just kind of like out there just living my life like for the Lord. And I wasn't like, you know, but I don't think that I ever really discovered like his will for my life till like a long time. It was like I was still like growing up and discovering who I was in the Lord because I was somebody else outside of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And then I had people telling me, you know what? you're going to teach one day. And I'll be like, no, 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 that's not me. I'm not going to do it. You know what I'm saying? And so I kind of just brushed it off because I didn't think that I was capable of doing it. And it's funny, but I mean, when the Lord has a will for your life, he always brings it back. It's like, you can't get away from it. You know, and finally, you know, it was the last time someone said, you're going to teach the word of God. And I just said, I surrendered. I'm like, okay, Lord, Mm -hmm. if anyone ever asked me to teach, I won't never say no. And I've never said no. And it's like, it's open so much. And it's like, when I'm teaching, I don't necessarily like like it. And I'm like, oh yeah, this is the best thing ever. I'm scared to death and I'm Mm -hmm. nervous. But yet there's such a peace about it too. Mm -hmm. It's just, there's this joy. There's this freeing thing inside of me that I'm like, I know that this is what he's called me to do. You know what I'm saying? And it's so, it's like, you know, you can go through your Christian life and not necessarily be in tune with what the Lord has for you. But that doesn't mean necessarily that you're not completely connected to the Lord. It's just that you're not seeking after his will. And I think that that's what it was for me. I was like, I'm a Christian. I'm doing the right things. But not knowing really that, okay, you now you have to seek after his will because there is he has a will for your life. You know what I'm saying? And so as you know, the Lord was showing me that, I it just became more clear, and so I just you know wanted. Did he
1: give you desire? Like okay, so yes. So people were telling you that, but inside of you, did you have something inside of you like leading you like going? I want to teach. Or I I guess the words desire was there any desire at
3: I I pushed it aside because whenever like someone would say that, because I just remember sitting in mostly women's Bible studies, Mm -hmm. not necessarily like church. But I would just sit there and listen, go, okay, so how would I teach that? Like, oh, yeah, I would have done it like this or I would have done it like that. And so but I think, you know, within that, like I thought, well, Is that being prideful? Like, I think I could do it better. You know what I'm saying? So it was almost like a mind game that Satan was playing with me, like trying to think that that was prideful instead of necessarily the Lord was preparing me. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like every study I'd hear, I'd be like, okay, so how would I teach that? How would I go about that? What would be my main points? You know what I'm saying? And just preparing me to think like that so that when I did surrender, that I would be able to, you know, put a study together to be able to teach it.
1: So God so so God will put those desires in your mm-hmm, heart. Mm-hmm. I felt the same thing with teaching as well. Uh-huh. But um but for the common or not common just for pre because I mean, there's only a few people that really teach. Right, right. But people that don't teach, he'll put those desires in your heart like, man, I want to I see those people, I want to go help those people. Right. Or I want to go serve mm-hmm. or I see these guys put on these concerts, I want to go be a part of that. There's, you know, there's different desires that God will put stirring in you to go. I mean, we had uh, Hubble, um, was it? Melissa uh, Hubble. Melissa Hubble. She had like a desire to go be a missionary. Yeah. Right. She's in
3: Africa. Yeah, she's in Africa. And it's gnarly there.
1: Yeah. So, but God put that desire. Yes. Put it in her heart. She didn't just wake, she didn't even want to go to Africa. No. At first.
3: Uh-uh. Not at all. So God
1: will put desires in your heart and I think that's when you kind of start to act on them and pray about them.
3: Right. Exactly. But I think people also can be afraid of seeking the will of God because they're afraid that he is going to want them to do something that they don't want to do. Do you know what I'm saying? They're like, well, I'm not missionary material, so I'm not going to pray about it or whatever. But we have to understand that the the desire of, you know, the Lord for us is to give us what our desires are. You know what I'm saying? As If we're walking in the Lord, our desires are his desires. So we're in check and we're in tune. We're walking side by side and we're like seeking him. So he's not going to take us Make us do something that we would wouldn't want to do.
1: Right. They, We're not going
3: to be like, oh, that's your will for my life. Well, forget it. Like, I don't like that. I don't want to do that.
1: Like being a missionary in Africa?
3: Yes, exactly.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know. Oh, God, I love you, but being a missionary in Africa, <laughs> I'm like, I was thinking of Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Oahu. Yeah. <laughs> or what's the other one? The other island, The uh, where Bethany, Bethany Hamilton lives? Kauai? Kauai. Mm hmm. Lord, I'll be a missionary quietly. <laughs> exactly. Send me, Lord. Send me.
3: <laughs> and I think people get bummed out on the, on the opposite angle that they're praying to do this thing. Yeah. And the Lord never allows them to do that. And I think they have to realize, okay, that's okay. That is not either it's not now mm. or that's not God's will for your life. So one, you need to move on.
1: One thing I want to add, too. Also, people think that they can't do it. Right. Think about how much stuff we're doing you guys mm-hmm. now that I never thought I'd be doing. I never thought you like teaching. Yep. I mean you're you're an early Bible teacher, teaching Bible school yes. and all this stuff and from the your past to what you're doing now, our friends are blown away. Right. right. The fact that that's happening. The fact that he can read. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I still can't read. But no but but dude Everything that I'm doing now, as far as like ministry goes, Mm -hmm. because I mean, putting concerts on and working on product, I can do that stuff in my sleep. Marketing, I can do that all day long. That's easy. Yeah. But actually teaching the Bible, producing radio shows and other ministry stuff, you know, all that stuff, dude. I never, I was like, there's no way. I remember seeing Gary Buehler teach on Monday nights at Calvary Chapel Costa Mm -hmm. Mesa. And I'm sitting there when I first got saved and I'm like... How does he get up there and just teach the Bible? And he's funny. He's hilarious. It's like communicating. Like people get it. I love it. I mean, that was like he was like my first pastor, like yeah. my uh, my live pastor. He right. was chucking through the headphones. But yeah. Garrett, I was there live every Monday. And yeah. I was like, dude, I was just tripping like – because I, I looked at him. He's like my age, you know. Mm-hmm. Right.
2: I'm like, how does he do it, dude? That's insane. Right. No, I, I always felt the same way too, you know. Um, and this is why I think this is such a, a cool topic to talk about because I'm sure many people can relate to this if you're tuning in right now this is live with Ryan Reese and we're just talking about the will of God for, for our lives and I like what Ryan was bringing up right now because that is a place where people get hindered when you start looking at your own inadequacies like dude, I'm a fool Like, mm-hmm. people that know us, horrible at school I know Ryan was horrible at school I was horrible at school too he, was, he barely went to school I never graduated I, 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 <laughs> I barely went to school Um, But yet, this is (laughs) common throughout the Bible. Moses said, I can't speak. I can't go before a pharaoh. But the Lord says, don't say you can't speak. I'm going to go before you. Jeremiah says, I'm a youth. How are you going to use me? And so on and so forth. Peter was a fisherman. Can all these stories throughout the Bible speak of this? I I remember for me, again, hearing Raul teach. And kind of like with you, Mm -hmm. I was like thinking like, as I was there for a while, I kind of knew where he was going was going to go, right. like a compliment verse and stuff like that. Like the Lord was kind of showing me, like I'm supposed to do that. But right. like I know my past. Like if I had to speak in public, I would ditch class. Right. Like I want to go to English class for a five minute speech. Right. It would petrify me so much to speak in front of a class like that. I could speak with my friends, joke around right. or whatever. But all eyes focus on me in a classroom. Dude, I'd shut down. There's no way I could do it. Exactly. And so, as the Lord said, oh, and for you're talking about Gary Beal, Scott Salamat was that one for me. I remember going with him to these high school campuses, and he'd have this little Bible, and he would ex- teach and expound on all of this stuff, not looking at notes. I was like, how does this guy memorize all this stuff? And it all flows, and all same thing can be funny, and it can connect, and everything, mm-hmm. and everyone's like engaged. And I would just like marvel, like that's a trip. But then after time, just you being in the Word and then taking steps of faith, God starts opening up doors for you, and you say, you see your gifts. That's, that's the work of the Holy Spirit. Everything that we do is the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. I, I would say this. I think this is an important point to, to note because if you say, what is God's will for my life? There are some, there's what is known as the general will of God. And it, it's broken down. There's a few verses that, that I'm going to break down really quick. First, you have Romans 12, 1 and 2, where it says, um, we are called to be living sacrifices and not to be conformed to this world, but transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may know what is God's will for your life. So it starts by a living sacrifice. That's like, Lord, here I am. I give you my life willingly. It's not a dead sacrifice. It's willingly. Mm-hmm. I'm all yours. So that's part of the will of God. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 1-6, it says, This is God's will, that you abstain from sexual immorality. That's holiness to the Lord. That's very important. When you, when um, In 1 Thessalonians five seventeen, I believe it says, It is God's will for you to give thanks. Give thanks for all that God has done in your life. And then another one in 1 Peter, I believe 4, at the end of the chapter, verse 19 says, And it may be in your life. That is God's will for you to suffer. Like, these are the stages of life. Are you down for it? Are you open for it? And then as you recognize those kind of scriptures and that truth that the Lord has laid down for us, you will see that God's will for your life personally will begin opening up. But it all comes by submission to God. I think of, in the New Testament, Paul the Apostle. Amazing story. But when he is called and he um, is confronted with the Lord on the Damascus road, when Ananias prays for him, and first Ananias is like, no, I can't pray for this guy. Like He's like killing Christians. Like, I'm a Christian. Like, how am I going to pray for this guy? God says this, go pray for him. He's a chosen vessel of mine, For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. He's going to be a witness to the kings, to the priests, to the Jews, to the Gentiles. He's going to suffer many things for my sake. So, right in the beginning of Paul's call to ministry, there was also a promise to suffer. He doesn't give him the full, like, this was going to take place in the next 25 years, right. you're saying. Like, you know, you, some of us just want, like, somebody going on a whiteboard, okay, <laughs> this was going to happen this year, yeah. this year, this year. The 15 year plan. Yeah, yeah the 15 exactly. year plan. It doesn't work that way. Mm-mm. It starts by walking by faith daily. Mm-hmm. And there's peaks, there's valleys, there's uh, moments of taking steps of faith. Um, there's areas of dying to the flesh, all these lessons to be learned. There's along the times way. when
1: you just sit still.
2: Yep. yep. For sure. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, you went to do this as, this last year, uh, last year, as you had your children and everything, there was like this redirecting of like preparation for what God had for you. And now you're back in high schools doing all this kind of stuff. Um, it's a uh, we do go through those seasons. Those seasons are necessary. It exactly. changes that, and that's the whole thing. To know God's will for your life, you have to
1: constantly be doing inventory, constantly be uh, being aware of what He wants to do. Exactly, He might want to just switch it all up. There's, I, I look at life like a book. It's just different chapters, mm-hmm. right? There's always different chapters that God's molding and shaping it for. Already we're at the break. Break. Yeah, we're at the break. <laughs> so, all righty. Well, uh, I guess uh, two minutes. Yeah, yeah, we'll be back.
0: <laughs> More Live with Ryan Reese coming up. Um, uh, Is everything all right? Sure. Call now, one 564 6173 Or post your questions using the hashtag LiveRyanReese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Uh, I think I speak for the entire administration when I say whoop-de-doo. Now, back to live with Ryan Reese.
2: Don't say it when I you. Oh. Loud noises. Like
1: Bozo the Clown? clown. Yes. <laughs> I have
2: big feet. I can't wear Chuck Taylor. But you know what the
1: problem with those things is there's no there's no insoles. My feet hurt now at all yeah. Yeah. as an old guy.
2: Yeah. No, it's true. They yeah. might look good with your kit, but if you're hobbling and you're in pain you're like <laughs> that is it idea. worth it hey, girls were high heels exactly that's true they were you high gotta heels.
3: suffer for fashion right
2: you gotta you gotta count the cost. That's <sighs> yep. true. Gosh darn it
1: <laughs> <laughs> so what were we talking about before the break? we were talking about God's will and what do we live about Yeah
2: I think God's will for our life and, and what that looks like and the different stages that different are there chapters. and that's being right. sensitive to that that change. You know, you've gone through different changes from the beginning. Like, you thought, well, this is what I'm going to do. And yet, I know you didn't think you were going to teach. There were multiple times that your dad wanted you to speak in that first year. Um, But the Lord had to do a work in your life for that next chapter to begin. And that's gone through different seasons. Um, My life has gone through different seasons. And and it's important because sometimes it could be minute things. Like, I remember in the beginning, I was involved in so many things in ministry. Like so many different things. And then after a while, luckily, I heard God's voice saying, I'm doing too many. I'm scattered. I'm all over the place. And I started having to back out of things. Um, So One of them was helping on the high school ministry. Mm. And Scott Salomon, who's a close friend of mine, there was a part where maybe I stayed a little bit longer helping him just because he's my friend. But yet I felt God was leading me out of there. And if I would have stayed there, I would have missed out. After I left that particular thing, that's where things started opening up for me, teaching in other areas, being more, um, you know, exposed to other aspects of ministry that really shaped my life and shape what what I do in teaching and ministering and all these different things and the practical side of uh, dealing with people. Um, So there are valuable lessons to be learned. And I'm looking for those new lessons. You know, we were talking about this the other day, Ryan, too. It's like, I need to be sensitive doing this radio show. I didn't just say, all right, let's do the radio show. I remember in the beginning, it's been over two and a half years, yeah, and I couldn't just do it because you're my friend. It was like I needed to pray, like, is this what God wants me to do? Because there's other things that I got going on as well. So I need right. to make sure that God's peace is guiding me in this. I have other responsibilities. But once I had peace, the Lord was showing me, like, this is a season. This is a time that that I'm calling you to be a part of this. Then I was able to say yes, and things are able to flow.
3: And I think that's important. I think just because the things that are put in front of you are spiritual. like Good good, things. Yeah, yeah, good things. Like You know what I'm saying? Like doing this radio show, how could that be a bad thing? But that doesn't necessarily mean that that is God's will for your life. And that's why every situation or everything that's brought before you, you need to pray about it. And you need to know that the Lord has called you to do that. Because if not, you could be doing, you know, a work for the Lord, but if that's not his will, it's not going to mean anything. You're still going to be out of his will, even though you're still doing something, you know, that's godly. It doesn't make it right.
1: So that's like what Michael Guido says when he says, people want to say, hey, God, I'm going to go do this over here. Bless it. Uh (laughs) Exactly. Exactly.
2: That happens a lot. Mm -hmm. Happens a lot. Just
1: because you're involved with a church event or, or whatever.
2: Yeah. Sometimes we look at other people and we want what they have. Right. Sometimes people want to be a pastor teacher where God hasn't called them to do that. Sometimes people want to be a missionary because they get moved emotionally by a movie or by somebody that gives a testimony of them being a missionary. And so, but they haven't taken the time to pray and allow God to confirm it in their lives. And there, I know stories of people that thought that that was it. And went in the mission field and were like, wait a minute, I made a mistake. (laughs) I ain't supposed to be here. I need to go home.
3: Or the opposite of like, this is where I know I'm supposed to be, but the le- but the Lord never opens the door because that isn't the will for your life. And then they get bitter mm-hmm. because it didn't happen. And so they're missing out on the blessing that the Lord does have for them because they're so tuned on what they want, which is being a missionary, whatever it is, or being a teacher. And so... They can't even like open their mind to be like, okay, Lord, like obviously that's not what you have for me. So what is it that you have for me? Because the Lord has something for everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we're not just supposed to accept the Lord and just just do life. You know what I'm saying? Like there is a will for all our lives, and it's just a matter of finding out what that will is and doing it.
1: Well, let's even bring it down to like parents now, because God's will is not the fact that you're to have kids. And then you neglect them Mm -hmm. and you go out and and work (laughs) and you're never around. Yep. You know, being a mom is like probably the gnarliest job around. And it's a calling. Dude, yeah. It's gnarly. Like to to, to be a mom and to to be there all day long with these little babies and then you got to teach. I mean, dude, like I don't want to read books. Mm -hmm. Right. To the kids.
3: Yeah. I don't
1: want to clean diapers. (laughs) You know, all the – dude. Like think about that. Like you guys are all parents. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. like, it's gnarly, but God's will is not, you need to be around to like raise these kids. And I mean, there's a balance obviously as they get older and stuff, but, um, being in God's will is you, God's will is to raise these kids in the ways of the Lord. The Bible teaches it. Mm -hmm. So you have to have that time to even pour in them. Cause I mean, I just want to reach out to, to the parents, you know, cause there's probably moms and, and you know, moms that are probably going through stuff and they need to be encouraged you know, that um, God's purpose is to raise them and then to see what he wants to do because there's different chapters in, in that whole situation. Go ahead. I mean, uh, you have a wife. Yeah. She's one of three <laughs> savages. Exactly. Boys. I mean, I'm sure she's going through it. My wife, you know, same thing. You you went through it, Melinda. Yes. I would have to say that... You to say to the mothers.
3: Just because you have kids doesn't mean your life is over. Mm-hmm. It's a new season in your life. And the Lord brings opportunities... Every day, if you allow him to, when you are a mom, you know what I'm saying? And it's just a matter of recognizing those opportunities and doing them. Like to me, like being a mom, it was sacrificing everything about myself. Like it's not about me anymore at all. It's about my kids and what's best for them. And knowing that the Lord has entrusted me with these kids and knowing that one day they're going to stand before him and it's going to come down to. What did I do with them? Like, how did I instruct them? How did I teach them? Because it's, what does it say in the Bible? The word never comes back void. But if I'm not giving them the word, then they don't have anything. You know what I'm saying? So to just teach them, you know, what God's word says and to seek after his will, even as a child, and just instill that in them when they're young and hopes that they stay with it forever. But that's necessarily doesn't always happen. But nowhere to come back to if they do stray. Mm. You know what I'm saying? But to me, being a mom is like the best thing ever. Like, I wouldn't trade it for the world. You mm. know, it is like, I mean, sometimes I think like, man, maybe I should like be
1: like, um, another, mo- like, have more babies? No, not have <laughs> more
3: babies. <laughs> no, but I think about like being like a foster mom, like yeah. bringing oh. like troubled kids into my home yeah. and like, being effective that way because. So you
2: can watch all of our kids. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Dude, I know. I, People yeah. trip
3: out because I'm like, bring your kids over. I don't care. The more the merrier. Like, yeah. more doesn't mean stress to me. Yeah. More means I can be effective in these people's, in these kids' lives. Yeah. Like, I love it when my friends, you know, my kids' friends come over because then I'm like, okay, like, we're all together. Like, we can just, you know, chop it up, whatever, however yeah. we want. But yet to be that light to those that might not know the Lord or that do, but don't get it at home and see how, you know, our home is, you know, centered around Christ. You know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? And just, you know, I don't know. I just I just love kids. Is is it
1: fair to say that things get easier, obviously, when they get older? I mean, this is like a different stage. It's not like you have a bunch of like little babies running around.
3: No, I would. I don't know if it gets easier. It just changes. So, like, I'm busier now than I was when they were babies. Yeah because i'm in the car more i'm running them to this thing to that thing to this i'm never home it's like we leave the house at but that's
1: better it right? is is that better than sitting at home and and changing diapers all day
3: but but when they're little yeah. they're on my schedule i'm on their, on their schedule, schedule. I don't have a schedule. They put me.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you're in school. You're know, over here in the corner, smiling. Exactly. Shaking his head, waking them all up, getting yes. their br- brush, their teeth, getting them out of the house yes. with this chaos. He oh, brush exactly. his teeth, Yes. Oh, that's the, like the hardest cubs. thing. for my wife, you know, getting out of the house where you got three boys, you know, wake up different ways and everything, getting them all dialed in to bring them places because they're running yeah. everywhere. I'm sure. Oh yeah. Big got baseball yeah. practice. Well, then you. you I mean, you're going to notice
3: you got girls. Their yeah. hair's not right that day. They have a meltdown. Luckily, my kids go- scrunchy.
1: <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <a> <laughs> Let's shade
3: my it. my That's kids go to private school, or it would be madness about dressing, <laughs> what they're gonna wear. I mean, it just—I mean—it falls apart really easily in the morning. Wow. Yeah. So I mean, it's not—I wouldn't say it's easier. It's just different. It's mm-hmm. just so different. You know what I'm saying? I'm busier now because I'm doing what they. Want to do in a sense?
1: That is a huge call from God on a mother's life, mm-hmm. parents' life. Yep. it is. Yeah, it's I, sacrifice. It is sacrifice. It
2: is to be this to me. And those relationships is is important. When you talk about your relationship with the Lord, how does success come in a relationship with the Lord? Denial of self. Mm-hmm. Deny yourself. Pick up your cross and follow me. Another stage happens when you get married. Right. When you are single, you do your own thing for the Mm -hmm. most part. You're on your own schedule. When you get married, okay, now you're taking somebody's thoughts and consideration. Um, Single days. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) 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 But now as you have children, even more so. If you want to be an effective parent, you take a back seat. Exactly. Um, And like you were saying, it's God's will. It's not an accident to have children. No. It's the most is, the most amazing thing. I love being a father as well. And, like, you have to be good stewards of what God has given to you, which just means that you need to be responsible for those things that God has entrusted to in you. Right. And those are those lines. Exactly. And the way you treat them, the way you live, you're an example to Christ, to, to your family. Mm-hmm. And you were saying it a while ago, right, It's it was like, you can, people can get so busy doing all these things, but if you neglect your children, your family, to me, it's like, of what value? Right. You know, I... I Yes, you need to show them that you're dedicated and and you're serving the Lord. There has to be that balance, but you also have to be aware of their needs as well. There's some times where you just have to tune out all that stuff and just spend time focused just totally on them and make sure that that time is valuable between uh, you guys. And Mm -hmm. sometimes it's just the little things. I'm learning as I go. Like they have these little moments like with each one of them because um, those are moments that you're never going to get back. They're seasons of life, you know? Just as like, you know, if the Lord tarries, you know, we'll get older. Our children will, you know, get older as well. And now we're going to have more freedom in some of our own time schedule and stuff. But but right now, this is where the Lord ha- has placed us in our lives. Um, but I will say this. Throughout all of that, you have to continue fulfilling the God's call in your life. Right. Because if some people say, oh, well, I only do this. I only do this stuff with my family. And I... Stop doing things mm-hmm. that God is calling me to do. That's not right either. No. You you got to know like what that balance mm-hmm. is and where God is leading where his peace is. He'll work out those details. The Bible says to seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness first. All these things will be added to you. Things will start falling into place. And it's not to say that you're going to be maybe off balance once in a while, but you have to be able to be discerning of that and be willing to learn. Right. I want to add one thing. You know, you said uh, kids are not accidents. Right.
1: You know, maybe you're in a situation that, you know, some of you listeners and you, you're you pregnant or you have your girlfriend pregnant or something. Kids are not an accident. God is the giver of life. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people can't even get pregnant. Right. So the fact that you actually have a, a baby, maybe it was just something out of God's will as far as like, you know, having sex out of marriage or whatever. But children are not accidents. In order for that to happen, for a woman to get pregnant and for the egg to take and for it to fertilize and the whole thing and become a baby, that is just a a miracle from God. So discovering God's will in our life, I mean, if you have a kid, he gave you that kid. Right. right? So that's in in his will. Right. You know, maybe it wasn't in the context of being married or whatever, but the fact that you are pregnant right now. That is God's will.
2: because and your is life,
3: life isn't an over. Your I, life I like, isn't over. It's your life's just, not over. It's just beginning. I'd yes. like
2: to add one thing to that as well because, you know, with people that maybe are born into um, a family where the dad's not around right. or the mom's like in a mess or didn't even raise with their parents. Maybe mm-hmm. grandparents had to raise them. And maybe they're wrestling with the fact like, maybe I was an accident. Mm-hmm. They didn't really want to have me. right? But even in that, There are no accidents with the Lord. Nope. The fact that you're here, that God has created you, he has a plan and he has a purpose for your life. You will see great things. I I have witnessed and been able to be around people that have been in that same circumstance as well. And so I, I would just encourage you, man, that there are no accidents. God is on the throne. He is over our lives. And as we find out what that will of God for our lives, great things will happen. But to go with that, this is what we were talking about earlier as well. And I think this is an important point to transition into, is that there are many that miss out on what God's will is for their life. And they settle. Right. You settle. It's known as the permissive will. It's just like that's the routine. That's Mm -hmm. just going to church and all right. It's almost over. He's going to be done by 12, 15. He's going to be done by this time, and then I'm going to go out, get something to eat. Then I'm going to go home, go to sleep, go to work. Mm-hmm. And it's just his routine, but you're not praying at like that The freshness of like, God, what do you have for my right. life? And Isn't that religion? Yeah. it's You
1: can find yourself in in a religious state going through the motions. Religion is emotions. Right. There's not that relationship or like trying to go to pursue God. Right. You're mm-hmm. just like, church, Wednesdays. Church Sundays, give some money to the church. My kids are in Christian school. Right. I'm doing everything right. Yeah.
3: You know what I'm saying? Like in, you know, really, Mm -hmm. I'm doing everything right. So it's all good. But I mean, I would challenge. No freshness. I I would challenge people out there that feel like that to just truly just call upon the Lord and just ask him to show you like what is uh, God's will for your life and just truly, truly, truly seek him and pray and Figure out what it is that he has for you because he has something for you. It's not like only certain people. He has something for everybody Mm -hmm. and what it is. And you have to figure out what it is by what? Reading his word, by praying, by spending that time with him. not like, dear Lord, just bless me today. Okay, what do you have for me? Okay, goodbye. You know, but just truly just sitting at his feet so that everything's quiet so that you can hear his voice. And everything that you do, you know, like I'm in the car and I'm constantly talking to the Lord, you know, Mm -hmm. it's not a matter of like, oh, okay, it's got to be like so ceremonial and I Mm -hmm. have to be in a certain place and I have to be on my knees or whatever. You know, it's like but that's when you know you have a relationship with the Lord because you talk to him all the time and it's not anything that's like planned or anything it's just like everyday stuff and you're just like okay lord like this is going on what do you think about it it could be these little prayers too yeah exactly like
1: whatever's on your mind at that moment so it doesn't have to be this long drawn out prayer yeah
2: i I think it's important to have perspective you know one thing that your dad has drilled into my mind and probably a lot of people's is like this you have to have vision and passion Mm -hmm. You, you you have to see opportunities that are in your life and i Coming and ministering and being next to your dad so much, it didn't matter if, like, I'd meet him at the gym early in the morning in my first couple years there. It it would build relationships. He'd joke around with people all the time. And then these people would come up to him going to eat tacos, which he eats tacos all the time, or (laughs) ice cream. Like, these are opportunities that I would see. And that's why there's like a freshness. Like, you see that each day that you have is an opportunity to be used by God. And I think that's what everyone has to truly realize. You're in the workplace. You're at the DMV and like the most horrible place to be at. But like God might have you there for an opportunity. You see somebody bummed out. And when God, because that's what really I feel like fires you up is when you say, wow, like God used me in this particular area. Right. Because I, I would say this. If I was just sitting in the congregation and not doing anything, I would feel like lifeless. Right. <laughs> you know? Like, because you're in the front lines, you're you're doing things, you're stepping out of your comfort zones. For me, speaking, teaching, and doing these things, or whatever your gifts are, that's your sweet spot. That's where mm-hmm. you need to be. Um, and then things will flow. It's not going to be easy sometimes. Right? There's all different things you could serve in, too. I mean, you could talk to the church. There's people that worked in addictions ministry. There's people that
1: will serve coffee and, and food to the women's thing. There's ushers. Think about the ushers. Right. Security. They're the security. You know, they're mm-hmm. there ushering, making sure everything's running smooth. Maintenance. They come after yes. work. Maintenance. They're, I mean, there's uh, people that go out and do evangelism stuff in the street. There's the high school. There's the junior high. There's music. Um, I'm just trying to think of just other what what other things. There's the Boy Scouts. There's all kinds of There's different the things.
3: Children's ministry. Yeah,
1: children watching kids. You're like, oh, exactly. I just love babies. Right. Come watch babies during church service. Right. Yeah, and and and, and, and that that's a start. That's just a start point. Right. To see that, that where be he's going to use you yeah. and what
3: what it is that he has for you. And not one place is better than the other. No. You know what I'm saying? Not one calling or.
2: I said the scriptures say God's no respecter of people. Exactly, yeah. no partiality. No. Nope. Yeah, I was I was teaching this last night. We were going through a First Peter when it talks about like the inheritance that we have. But basically, I broke down as like there's no, it says there's no partiality with God. That means that God doesn't look at Billy Graham higher than myself,
3: right?
2: Or Chuck Smith or whoever else that have gone before us and done ministry. Mm-hmm. Like God doesn't isn't a respecter of persons. You know, right. he cares for me. He loves us the same, and he can use us in ways that we never thought possible if we just submit to his will uh, in our lives. And I and I would just encourage people like that's that's where the fire will resonate in your life. That's where passion and direction will resonate in your life when you when you recognize your life isn't pointless. It's not meaningless. You you are leaving a legacy behind for your family, for your children. Your life's not a waste. Satan wants to waste your life. He wants to rip you off. He wants to get you depressed and murmuring, complaining all the time. That was the children of Israel's problem. They murmured and complained in the wilderness, and they were missing out on God's will for their life. God's will for their life was bringing them into the promised land, but because they had their eyes on the things of the flesh, And not having faith in the Lord, they died in the wilderness. Exactly. You you know what's
1: interesting? I was just thinking how, you know, at that first verse that we were talking about earlier tonight, it says, uh, Jesus says, Go out and make disciples of the nations. Baptize them in the name Mm -hmm. of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and teach them to obey my commandments. Think about how many Christians, even guys that are on payroll with the church, different people, that aren't even like leading people to the Lord.
2: Mm Right.
1: Like, Mm -hmm. think about that. Yep. How many people... Or just going through the routine yep. in ministry
3: mm-hmm.
1: or not in ministry, that are just that are full Bible-believing Christians. Right. Not ever using any opportunity or even trying to lead people to the Lord. Right. Because mm-hmm. we've all been called to that. That's yep. that's, exactly. that's the call that Christ has put on all of us that's individually. Universal. Right.
3: Yeah.
1: And before I was even teaching or doing any of that stuff, when I first got saved— God would like prompt me to talk to certain people, like at the car wash, or right? like just mm-hmm. create a conversation, right? Mm-hmm. And then I would just maybe share like a little piece of my story <clears throat> about a situation that was going on in my life, you know, that maybe that related to like what they were talking about or whatever. There's all these little ways mm-hmm. that God will use you, but it's so easily it's so easy to just become institutionalized and and not know or disconnect from that call that God's called you to be. Right. So easy. I think that's why the church is asleep too these days. Yeah. People are just caught in this this routine and, um, you know.
3: Well, you're so busy. You know what I'm saying? Like you're in ministry. You work for a church. So you're just busy doing ministry and forgetting that. But there's no
1: freshness. You're just busy. I know.
3: Exactly. That's my point. Forgetting the point that, you know what, we're supposed to still be going out. Even though you're working in ministry, you're still supposed to be going out and being effective and ministering to people. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And not get so caught up in the busyness of it because there is busyness in ministry. Mm -hmm. There is stuff that, you know, you just comes natural and you just do it, you know, and then you forget, oh, I got to go out. I got to be effective. This is
1: why it's important to stay in the Word. Yep. To read and keep get it fired fresh. up, that's how you, you you keep that fresh. That's how you keep that freshness mm-hmm. is by hearing God's voice and having Him speak to you. Because once He gives you that word, He speaks to you. You're like all fired up all over again.
3: Yeah, yep. exactly. You know, and I has... mean, think about it. how do churches grow? Sheep beget sheep. You can't expect the pastor to bring in
1: all the people. You know what I'm saying? It's well, if, you like... do, yeah, if you do outreach at a church, you know, we've been talking about doing some like some stuff at our church. But if the sheep, the people don't bring the people. We can have all these amazing speakers as an outreach, uh-huh. you know, as it's like an
2: inreach to bring friends. Right. But if no one brings anyone, yeah, and that, that's the strength of the church. Yes, that, and that's why everybody plays a role. Like we were saying, like everyone, there, there's 21 gifts of the Holy Spirit. Some of have multiple gifts, some have one, whatever it is. When you discover those gifts that God has given to you, you'll see great things in your life. You'll complement the ministry that you're a part of. And in your life, you'll be able to be in that flow, where the Lord is just blessing the steps of your life and the lessons to be learned in discovering the will of God. Things are not always easy, but as you submit to God, you're a living sacrifice, You're listening to His voice. You're staying in His Word. You're spending time in prayer. The Lord will align His will with your your will. Will align with God's will, and then you'll have peace. Perfect. Yep. Well.
1: If you want past shows, you can go to uh, Ryan Reese.com. We get all of our past shows for like the last two years. A lot of good stuff there. The Whosoever's Movement, you can go there too. Get some of the product, represent your faith wherever you're at, and uh, even get involved with us to, uh, to pursue the Kill the Noise Tour. If you are a whoever you are, and you have, if you have high schools around you, please contact us. We would love to come and uh, go to the public high schools. We would love to come to your church, do the wake up message and get the church all fired up and prayed up so we could reach uh, this generation. Get involved with us. We would love to be a part of what you guys are doing in your city and get these kids into church so they can get discipled and we could teach them to obey God's commandments and then they can go out and reach their generation. It's important. We got to get the youth. We have to get the youth. If not, What's going to happen to the church? Exactly.
2: exactly.
1: We love you guys. Thank you guys for tuning in.
2: Peace.
0: This has been Live with Ryan Reese. To connect or find out more about Ryan, click on ryan-reese.com. Check us out next Saturday at 9 p.m. for Live with Ryan Reese.
2: This is Chris Christensen, and back in 2006, I started a simple project. A project to try and introduce
3: more people to the Bible through Bible Study called the Bible Study Podcast. It's a simple name and a simple idea. Each week, every week, we study one chapter of the Bible, talk about what it says, and what that might mean for us today.
1: To listen now, go to lifeaudio.com or search for The Bible Study Podcast on your favorite podcast app.